0: Ain't no regular Taz show It's the Friday throwback snack (laughs) Friday throwback snacks? Mm. Every Friday Taz takes an inside look At a classic match (laughs) This is how you kick off a weekend Alrighty Here we go Here's your little throwback snack Alright everybody Hope everybody uh, had a good week Maybe you're listening to this on Friday, or the weekend, I would assume most of you people consume your snacks, your throwback snacks by yours truly, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, that's what I'm assuming, whatever you're doing in regards to consuming it, I appreciate it, thank you for downloading it, and hello, I am Taz, and welcome to the Taz Show, thanks for downloading this episode at iTunes, or Spotify, or TuneIn, or on the Radio.com app. Uh I think I missed one. I think I got them all. Whatever. I don't normally write them down. I usually nail them all, but you guys know. Wherever you get your pods for the most part, you can get the Taz show. So thank you for all the support for uh going for quite some time now. But we're gonna go back in time to a classic in this uh this edition of the throwback snack. Two guys that I really feel um <clears throat> were pioneers in not just Pro wrestling, because that would be a little bit of a stretch and exaggeration. Uh, but the Macho Man Randy Savage and uh, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat were pioneers into, in my in my opinion, like two of the pioneers. There were there were a few others during that era, because we're going back to the late '80s here with this this particular throwback snack. Um, pioneers in regards to uh, athleticism, being an athlete in the ring. Not just a big gigantic lumbering guy, or a 500 pound man that you know the, that they're pushing because he's freaky looking. you know whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I'm talking about athleticism, and that's what, um, that's what you got any time you saw a Randy Savage match or a Rick and the Dragon Steamboat match, and when you put them against each other, in front of ninety over ninety three thousand people in the Pontiac Silverdome, it was unbelievable. And that that I'm talking about WrestleMania three, and that's the throwback snack. I think you guys know by now. It's going to be Savage versus Steamboat uh, from the Silverdome at WrestleMania three. Just a, it was a massive of WrestleMania. Um, if you guys didn't see it, I remember seeing it back in the day, live live Jones. And you know, yeah, Hulk Hogan facing Andre the Giant back then, which was like you know the end all of be all's angles back then it was huge and then this amazing amazing contest with Ricky Steamboat and and Randy Savage I mean there was a bunch of other matches on there but I'm not gonna go through that I want to be laser focused on Steamboat and Savage and I was a fan of both these guys man I remember I remember I should say uh, back then um, Savage was the heel uh, for a good chunk of his career and his push uh, early in his career, early in his run in WWE, you know, through the, the chunk of his run in WWE, WWF at the time. And he was a heel at, <clears throat> I might have said this before on the Taz show, I don't know, you know, if you do over, you know, 500 episodes, you say a lot of things and sometimes you, you can repeat yourself and that happens. Um, maybe there's some new listeners to, to the Taz show, so that could be too. But regardless, Savage was a heel, that basically morphed into he might have been a pioneer in regards to being one of the first cool heels cuz he morphed into a baby face he was so freaking good on the mic and he was so charismatic um it, it, the way he looked his mannerisms things he had done and then his work rate how did you not like the guy so that's he kind of morphed into being a good guy you know into a baby face so which was unique Back, you know, back then during those times, because the company Vince McMahon and his crew then, they, you know, they kind of dictated for you, for you the audience, for us the audience, what we should watch, what we should like, who we should boo, who we should cheer. You know that that's kind of how it was. Eh, it's still like that a little bit now, for sure. But with social media and what uh, WWE for many years trying to be interactive with the audience. Uh, in so many different levels. <clears throat> I do think that the audience, the wrestling fan, does have a voice where the McMahon family or the creative team have to listen a little bit. Back in the day, back in 1987, March 29th, when this WrestleMania 3 went down, um, <laughs> uh, we had no voice as a wrestling fan. Trust me, there was no voice. You know, It was just... <laughs> What what Vince and company uh, felt was right for us to view as viewers, and a lot of the times he was right, give the man his due and his credit, I'm not knocking Vince, I'm putting him over actually, he's changed with the times, he understands, I mean as far as how he deals with his audience, because he, Vince, knows his audience, the wrestling fan, the WWE fan, is a lot more intelligent to to the business now. And for many decades, that's been going on. This is not new news. I'm telling you, you know this, uh, but I'm just trying to, for for the conversation, bring it up. Um, He knows the audience, the wrestling fan, is much more sophisticated and smart, as some of you insiders would call it. Inside term Jones. You guys run around. He's a smart mark. Smart mark. Got it. I digress. So um, anyway, this throwback, this throwback snack, uh, I think you guys will enjoy very much. Um, I have not seen this match in quite some time. You know, some um, uh, some felt, um, I've seen stuff over the years saying that these two guys in this matchup, this might have been a little bit overrated, uh, this match. I don't know. I have not seen it in a long time um it's tough for me to say that about these two guys because i'm a fan of both savage and steamboat Uh, i was a fan of both of them immensely uh and respected them uh never really got to know randy savage steamboat i did uh during our time together in wwe while i was a commentator and he was an announcer and one of the most classy great guys you ever met and steamboat um you know he's had just not just great matches with Savage, but, you know, the epic battles. I'm sure I'll do a throwback snack down the road on Steamboat Flair. Hello. <laughs> I mean, anything, almost anybody who put Steamboat in the ring when he was just off the chain, man. Just, just a phenomenal, amazing performer. Was Ricky the Jer- Dragon Steamboat? Um, you know his promos were not like the greatest promos in the world, but he stayed in the lane, especially during that Dragon time of who he was. But even before the Dragon thing, um, like his time, uh, you know, uh, when he was younger, his promos were passionate. He he believed in what he was saying. I felt like he had su- he has such he's very articulate and a very intelligent man, and the way he speaks, and then. When he would try to come off as tough, it was tough to buy him as a tough guy until you watched him. (laughs) He was a tough guy. I don't think Ricky Steamboat got enough credit for how actual tough this frigging guy was. He was tough as hell. So I'm not saying Ricky wasn't tough. I'm just saying the way he talked, it was like a Mike Tyson thing. Well, Ricky's voice wasn't as bad as Mikey's uh, as Mikey, Mike, Mikey Tyson. Be careful, (laughs) not too far from him. Brooklyn might come knock me out. No, but I'm. It's an exaggeration. When Tyson had the voice. Did he get in the ring and kill you? Where Steamboat, his voice wasn't like that. But his promo style was, because of his, how well-spoken Ricky was, he didn't, there wasn't much slang in his, his verbiage. Where an Anderson would have cut a promo where he was always very articulate and not much slang uh, and not butcher, you know, Grandma Butcher Jones like me. Um, but on his delivery, he came off verbally very tough. You know, and he was a tough guy too. <clears throat> Ricky verbally didn't come off as a tough guy, even when he tried. It just was his delivery. That's it's not an insult to a man. I, I would never do that. To, to I love him, but it don't matter. He got in the ring and he was just, just amazing. I mean, I, I don't, it's kind of hard to oversell Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I mean, uh, just uh, flat out the man. So. Um, We're going to get into the throwback snack in a uh, second or two But first, you know, we'll take care of a little business right up here In this in this biatch, support for the TAS show comes from my good friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loan See, they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and family That's why they did the right thing and created Rocket Mortgage Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence that you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan And you know it's simple, allowing you fully to understand all the details to be confident in getting the right mortgage for yourself and for your family, okay? Whether you're looking to buy your first home, your 10th home, your 100th home, whatever it is, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence you need to make an informed decision. So make sure uh, you check them out, man. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to Rocket Mortgage. Dot com slash TAZ, that's RocketMortgage.com taz slash equal house lender, licensed all fifty states, MMS consumer number thirty thirty. All right, be right back for back snack. Right, guys we are back here uh a little throwback snack action going on here so we're gonna get right into this thing here so it's um it's this match that is on the docket here in this episode of the taz show is a classic classic as many of you know um some people have even said that uh oops, sorry about that first day just dropped my uh Dynaflow on the name is and burnham um some people uh have even said I've heard this a little bit here and there that maybe Ricky Steamboat boats Ricky Steamboat, take two, Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage from WrestleMania three in nineteen eighty seven was overrated. That's what I've I've read some stuff like that. I've heard some people say that over the many years that have passed since this classic matchup. I remember seeing this matchup live because I did watch WrestleMania three, like many of you folks that are old enough when it was live live uh, when that, from the, uh, Pontiac Silverdome there in Detroit. You know, it was a great, great card, great show. And I remember this match standing out like head and shoulders above all the other matches. Now, that all being said, I don't remember the last time I've watched this match again. So what's going to happen here, I'm going to watch this match while I talk to you guys, and uh, I'm going to give my perspective of this thing. Now, obviously, it's a jam-packed house, and the people uh, are red-hot, uh, red-hot Detroit in 1987 for this contest, and uh, Steamboat and uh, and Savage, basically, it's for the IC title, and uh, they start off with just a couple of arm drags here and there, and then Randy Savage being a great heel, he does the deal. He jumps out of the ring and... and just moves Elizabeth to a different spot of the ring. You know, that kind of stuff is good just create some heat. And then they just they went into as I'm watching this here, Ricky Steamboat just doing some amazing arm drags which for those that remember Ricky Steamboat, you know, he was known uh for many great offensive moves in the ring, but his his arm drag ability, how deep he got how quick his feet were to get into the arm drag! How deep he popped his hips while he he posted and arm dragged the guy. And also, truth be told, <clears throat> the key to pulling off an excellent arm drag is you need the right dance partner. You me, dance partner, you need uh, the guy you're wrestling to be, or your you know, you need the person you're wrestling to be able to take that arm drag the right way. You know. And, and, and there's no doubt Savage did. I mean, it, it's, it's a basic wrestling move, but when done right, it's done right. Uh, it looks like now they're going into their heat spot here where they did a little chase around and then, um, uh, outside the ring. And then once, you know, Savage got in the ring first and steamboat came in and boom, just a simple attack of getting the upper hand Savage did on steamboat. It's a simple, basic, a simple, basic psychology of how to get heat on a guy, um, I have to say, uh, from a psychological wrestling, psychological wrestling storytelling, it's so basic <laughs> to get heat that way on someone. But just because it's so basic doesn't mean it's bad. It's actually great, and um, and and they they got into the heat that way, and and then and then you see a little bit now. You see, Ricky Steamboat got the upper hand for a, for a short time here to shine, as they call. Let's see if this lasts. Uh, again, I don't remember this match. I mean, I remember the match. I don't remember spot for spot what happened. But um, uh, that's why it's fun to kind of come out here and and re- and record this while I watch it. They go into some arm ringers here where um, Steamboat has uh, just arm ringer getting heat on Savage's arm. So I guess that first spot they did of where Savage got the upper hand on Steamboat when that little runaround outside the ring, then they get back in the ring, was just a little a little false heat, and uh, and then they went back to Steamboat getting some comeuppance on uh, on Savage, but now Savage has the upper hand again. So, um, you know, it, it's 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 smart to go back and forth in a match early, um, be, instead of just doing setting the tone where okay, this guy's the bad guy, this guy's the good guy. You know, so they want to keep you on that roller coaster ride. And also I should have mentioned that uh, George Animal Steel is in the corner of uh, Ricky Steamboat, which is odd in itself. I mean, even a legendary George Steel. And obviously uh, Elizabeth in the corner of uh, Randy Savage. So it seems like uh, uh, Steamboat keeps trying to get back in the ring and Savage keeps kicking him or stomping them. And now Savage is going to, you know, grab him, pull him in the ring by the hair. Referee's counting. I think the referee's Dave Hebner, not Earl Hebner, it looks like. And uh, and Steamboat selling like the Dickens as as only Steamboat can do, as we know, and history shows. Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, one of the greatest uh, sellers uh, in in the business ever. Um, and now Randy Savage, also uh, God rest his soul, as a heel, uh, his ability to to just keep heat on his opponent was always just impeccable. So. The other thing that that needs to be mentioned as I watch this match, um, both these guys, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you nothing you don't know, but I want to bring it up for a reason. They're they're very similar in size. Um, And during that time in their prime, both in their prime in 1987, they both were built like athletes. Okay. They were built like athletes. They were leaner during a time in pro wrestling where most of the guys were big, giant, huge guys big, thick, heavy, <clears throat> muscular muscular guys. Both Steamboat and Savage muscular guys and not little guys, but they both probably in that six foot, five foot eleven range. And at that time, I don't remember the, the ring weights they were announced at, but I would say they were probably in that, you know, two thirty range, two twenty five range. Um so, you know, when you have two guys that are similar in size, that's uh that's gr- that 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 always usually works out for good chemistry. Now now we got Savage is tied up in the ropes and Steamboat. Uh, first he lit him up with one of those uh, classic Ricky Steamboat chops, which we've seen during the years of uh, the classic battles with S- Steamboat and uh, like even Ric Flair, the chops. But um, Savage gets cheats to, gets his heat while the ref wasn't looking, and then uh, he gets the upper hand a little bit again here on. Um, On Ricky Steamboat, Ricky goes for a cover. You know, see, the thing is, like, again, as I'm watching this psychology unfold here in this match, it's fast-paced, and there's a lot of false finishes early, these tackles, these repetitive tackles by Steamboat, um the cardiovascular training of these guys and all the all of just wrestling on the circuit when they really these guys never really got breaks they're in ring shape in amazing shape that led to this match being so good and also i think what led this match being so good is that this was a different style back then these guys kind of set a tone of kind of where we are today if you think about it yeah maybe they're not doing a million high flying over the top rope spots and and you know moonsaults and, and 450s and stuff but their, their pacing was very fast and I forgot that now that I watch it with you guys um you know I'm I'm seeing this is probably uh, one of the reasons why it got this 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 great feel that it was such a great match um now I'm watching this without without the audio and I believe on this match the legendary duo of Jesse Ventura and uh, Gorilla Monsoon were calling this. I, be- I believe. I think it was. Um, but I'm not. I'm not listening to the commentary right now. Now George Steele's trying to help Ricky Steamboat get back over the guardrail because Savage, you know, put a bunch of heat on uh, Ricky, and Ricky went flying over the onto the ring announcer's table, over the ring announcer's table, over the guardrail. So uh, and now Steele's getting yelled at by the ref. So, you know, and now Savage is going to, if you notice what he does, right away he goes right back to as soon as Steamboat gets on the apron, Savage attacks him, grabs him, then throws him back over the other ropes on the other side of the ring and now goes to the top rope for probably his double axe handle that he did for so many years off the top turnbuckle onto the outside uh, on top of Ricky Steamboat. And Ricky's just selling almost like a dead sell. And Savage is in the ring selling too, but he's in the ring. And the ref's counting. So, you know, again, the pacing of this, some, some high-flying things. That, again, this says 1987. And you got a guy in, in Savage coming off the top rope, top buckle, onto the floor. You know, back then you didn't see a ton of that. And then uh, he gets Steamboat back in the ring. Comes off the top rope with a, with a double axe handle. You know, so so now he's just in running elbow. Now he's just he's just getting heat and, again, going for these false finish, these covers, cover, cover, cover. You know, keeps going for covers throughout this, this, this match, which, again, the pacing of this thing. Uh, and, again, I'm, I'm not watching it with sound, and I'm broadcasting this and, and taping this podcast, and I'm enjoying the match. So, so far, for those that think it was overrated, uh, you're wrong it's i don't that the match is overrated i should say you're wrong uh, this match is not overrated thus far uh as i watch it looks like they're going into straight heat here uh, for the past minute or so that i've been talking of savage uh on steamboat and again i mean i i should have counted the amount of covers that that randy Endor savage uh, uh steamboat was going for back and forth here because it's a lot which is good and and now you see, if you're watching along with me, uh, Steamboat kept trying to come back with some punches, and then Savage raked his eyes. Okay, I'll give you a little inside baseball. That's called hope spot, little hope spot like that. Uh, very important to keep the baby face alive when you see a little hope spot like that. And then it was a nice, I think it was a gut wrench. I looked away for a second. It looked like he pulled off, Savage pulled off a gut wrench suplex, a version of a gut wrench. And now maybe he's going for a belly to back suplex. So nope, counter accounted by Steamboat, comes in with the chops. So, you know, Steamboat brings the offense, even though he's tired, he's gassed, he's been selling, had a little hope spot with the chops, but but Savage cut him down, and then Ricky Steamboat backdrops Savage over the top rope to the outside, and the place goes crazy. You can see the people popping in 1987 uh, in the Pontiac Silverdome, and then you see the look of panic on the face of Elizabeth, so, see, this storytelling, this physical storytelling that these guys are doing um, and the pacing, like I keep saying here, is is the key to what they did because during that era, this didn't happen much. These, type, these style matches didn't happen. Again, the athletic style of these two guys. This is why a guy like Ric Flair was so great back in the day um, and all those legendary matches. He wasn't as huge as these other guys. He was more athletic, and we've heard uh, uh, Ric Flair talk about his cardio training, how hard he worked in his cardio. Um it's the same with Savage and Steamboat here and and they are working a quick pace, which I have to say, um knowing Vince and, and WWE style, which you know, knowing Vince's mind, how he thinks with, with psychology and wrestling and storytelling, um this this was um this was a ballsy move um by 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 Vince to allow these guys to go out there and work this pace without selling for longer period of time and 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 keeping this athleticism up again it wasn't the style and uh, so now it's a longer type of hope spot we have where Ricky Steamboat had um, had Randy has Randy Savage um, uh, reeling and rocking and Ricky comes in with like a sunset flip from the outside to the inside another false finish and um, Savage kicks out probably going back to the heat here in a second up oh, schoolboy by. By uh, by Steamboat and man, these guys are ankle pick, you know, like a little leg sweep and then a jackknife cover by Steamboat. So yeah, the false finishes are are <laughs> in full effect throughout this match. Now it's a small package by Steamboat. Um, yeah, this listen, I'm letting you guys know, like from a physical standpoint, I, I broke into business right around during this time, this match around that seven eighty86 Uh, so I was a greenhorn kid, but, but I I understood psychology a little bit uh, not a lot of bit. And the pacing of this thing, um, this is not easy to do what they're doing. I'm telling you right now. And they, they are working their asses off. They are working really hard. Now, another roll up by Steamboat and, uh, then a grab of the tights, heel cheats by Savage. But there's a kick out by Steamboat, you know, again, simple, but smart psychology, where the heel tried to steal a victory in a counter by holding the trunks simple. And Steamboat just relentless, uh, trying to keep that shine going, and then, well, Savage shuts him down by pulling him uh, by his trunks, which is illegal, in between the top rope and the second rope, where Steamboat then hits the post. And now I'm sure Savage will go back into more of his heat. So again, every time that Savage, just about every time Savage gets the upper hand on Ricky Steamboat, he cheated or he did something illegal. You see, that's the psychology that you don't see much today. Because, uh, wow, we just saw a nice ref bump, kind of, where there's a reversal, reversal, and Steamboat and, and, and the ref hit each other. The ref's down. He's out like a light. And now Savage has Steamboat down, and Savage is going to the top maybe for his patented big, big elbow. Uh, I'm not sure. Here goes Randy. He's up at the top, and he goes for the elbow, nails the elbow. Good Lord, looks like he just crushed his face a little bit. (laughs) And there's no ref. So this is usually like a babyface-type finish where you'll see the ref down and the heel goes for the victory. Uh, So, uh, meanwhile, by the way, I don't remember who won this match. i got to be honest with you because I'm not like this big historian. So I'm watching this. I'm waiting for the finish myself to see what happens. So the ref's down. He's trying to come through. Randy Savage is... Look, he's outside grabbing the the, the bell from the timekeeper. Uh, Ricky Steamboat's out. He's got hit with the elbow. The ref's starting to come through, but here comes Savage in the ring. Now Steel George Steel takes the ring bell, so and then takes a back a boot to the back of the head. Steel does by Savage because Savage is relentless and he wants to cheat to win and grab that bell and go to the top and hit Steamboat with it. And again, another good spot where George Steel pushes. Um, pushes Randy Savage off the top rope while Randy was holding the ring bell. Ref's up. Now Savage slams Steamboat. Steamboat rolls him up. Small package. One, two, three, and there is your winner. Um, Boom. So simple old school finishes. Babyface out wrestles the heel. The Babyface is in dire straits, dead to rights, can't move, yada, yada. And next thing you know, he pulls out a miracle thanks to help from the guy in this corner, georgia Animal Steel, and is the inter- intercontinental champion. I mean, it's great storytelling. Um you know, as for those that think man, it looks like the people are going crazy. For those that think that this thing was overrated, I, I disagree. I disagree. I mean, if you compared it to, I don't know, a Young Bucks match today, you know, like, or a Kenny Omega match or an AJ Styles match, um, you know, I mean, you can go on and on and listing wrestlers, you know, uh, yeah, okay, from a physical standpoint, the spots they're doing, and no, they're working within the realm of the way the business was then, and they changed it. They changed it a little bit. They didn't do some crazy hair. Listen, if you were doing like crazy, crazy dives back then, like dangerous stuff, you know, you 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 could, I don't want to exaggerate say so you would get blackballed, but you know, you would run the risk that no one wanted to work with you, that no one wanted to wrestle you because you were deemed as dangerous, <clears throat> which is the most insulting thing that anyone at a wrestler can have said about he or she. That did dangerous. That's why I took such offense when people were saying that about Seth Rollins back in the day. And I said, he ain't dangerous. And then that died down. And then we've heard, uh, uh, what well, even more recent, Sasha Banks, because she injured, injured Paige at a house show, a live event at the Nassau Coliseum uh, uh, right around Christmas time. And and then, you know, she, there was some scuttle, but oh my God, is Sasha Banks dangerous? Stop it. You know, when you say that about wrestlers, that's very insulting. It's like, it's these people get to this level because they're not dangerous because they take care of each other you know calling a wrestler dangerous is is not a cool thing like you know like if you say they work and look like they work dangerous that's fine but anyway i'm getting off the topic the topic is savage steamboat and the thing is why maybe some people think this was overrated maybe they think it was overrated because they're comparing it to some of the athleticism and the physical style and spots You've maybe seen in more modern modern day pro wrestling from now, or maybe even the past, maybe even the past ten years, dude. This was like you know late nineteen eighties here that this happened, you know. So I think the pacing the pacing of this thing was ahead of its style, and we saw some matches back then, not a lot that were ahead of its style, and and um the, 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 to call it uh, overrated, I think is insulting to that these guys kind of took the business. On a massive stage like WrestleMania three, which is was was huge back then, huge. I mean, I think that was like ninety three thousand people there watching it live, and you know millions watching on uh, you know on on uh, pay per view or whatever it was back then. You know, and and these guys brought that kind of pacing and brought that kind of athleticism. It kind of changed the game a little bit. So, trend-setting Jones. I mean, I I I, I tip my cap. To both those guys Ricky Steamboat's a guy I know I've known for a lot of years I love him I respect him Um I, Randy Savage I did not know But I, I gotta tell you Ricky Steamboat it Gives back to the business still As a guy working Behind the scenes for WWE For a long time Helping talent And um, he's a guy That's so respected As you guys would imagine From uh, younger wrestlers Or today's wrestlers Men and women uh, Because of the success And the ability And how cool of a guy Ricky is besides that um, so I, I, uh, I, um, and the thing is like these guys had great matches, Steamboat and Savage, not just in Detroit in 1987 at WrestleMania three, you know, these guys worked the loop. I know they've had a couple of uh, bond burners at the, at the Boston garden. I know that and other parts of the country. So, you know, uh, you know, they, they had a comfortability with each other and you get to work the loop with each other, as we call it. I know before barely legal in 1993, when I, uh, I'm sorry, 90, not 93. It was uh, barely even 95, 96, 97. Oof, wow, too many chair shots. Anyway, now barely legal. <laughs> I think it was 97. Um, 95, no, 97, 97. Boom, I got it. Barely legal, uh, Sabu and I, that big buildup for that match, you know, Paul had us working like 30-minute matches uh, throughout different parts of the, of the Northeast off TV just to get used to each other. It was like different work on different stuff, and I'm sure that's exactly what happened with Savage and Steamboat and WWF back in the day, you know? But I enjoyed it, and I know a lot of you people enjoyed it. And hopefully you guys liked it. I watched along with you guys and, and talked about it as we watched along. Or maybe you didn't watch along. And gave you my version of it or narration of it, what I see now. It was a great match, not overrated by any stretch. So I don't buy that. Sorry. Um, so I hate to, hate to bust your bubble, but... I don't and and that's the deal. So I hope you uh guys appreciate it and enjoyed this edition of the Taz Show and this little throwback gimmick Jones. Uh and uh and that's the deal. All right guys, uh until next time. I'm Taz, you're not thank you everybody. Talk to you. In my space and screen names back then when i was only worried about my top friends now my circle is getting smaller all these people acting fake man and to be honest i don't even have a top 10 me against the world i've been doing what i really love haters been hiding behind the screen man they movie cuts and when i'm back at home it never feels the same cause we've been doing our own